So the fact that, again, so we're speaking about Mashiach and Yosef, so there is the person besides Mashiach and David who has a primary role in in bringing the Goda, there's also a secondary role played by Mashiach and Yosef, we have to explain what that is. And like we said, what happens to him exactly um, is not clear. It's not clear. Is he, it's definitely there's a Sakana to Mashiach and Yosef, um, but whether he'll survive or not seems to be depending on different Mashiach Chazal. There is one Gemara in Sanhedrin, Perak and the Gemara there says that when Mashiach bin David, um, after seeing that Mashiach bin Yosef gets killed, the Skid is going to get killed as well. And Mashiach bin David, the Skid also gets killed. And, uh, and he davens to Hashem for life. And uh, Hashem promised, told us in the Passover, Before you even ask what Hashem decided you're going to do, Mashiach bin David isn't going to die. Uh, that's his apostle Chaim Shalmi Uchanosatule. He's going to ask you for that. He already gave it to him. So there was there's obviously a sakana to him as well. Okay, so now what's the idea? For the concept of Mashiach and Yosef, why do we need this second individual in the process of the Gola? And why is there a swara? Or why is there a tzad that he might die in, or will or won't die in the process? So the Ramban already tells us the principle in Pashas Ayachi. The Rabban asked the question, and that is, where was the Malchus meant to come from? We know. But on the other hand, on the other hand, Yosef as the, was also a Melech. Yosef in Yitzrayim was also the leader. He was given the dream that he's going to be the king. So this, there was a certain level of Melucha which applies to Yosef as well. Not just Yosef, but Nerachu. And therefore we see Shaul was the first king, and Shaul was not from Yehuda, Shaul was from Binyam. And uh, Shaul lost the kingship because of, he made two serious mistakes. He didn't listen to the Navi, and he didn't kill him. And now the question was, is, let's say Shaul would not have made those mistakes. What would have happened? So there would be no rule, no reason for Shaul to lose his rulership. But on the other hand, the Malchus has to come from Yehuda. So this is the Ramban's question in Bajas Tayyichi, on the part of the Yosef Shevik in Yehuda. And the Ramban explains, I'm saying in my words, but the Ramban explains that there's a concept of two levels of Malchus in Kali Yisrael. And that is, there's the, the king, and let's say, um, we call him the viceroy maybe, or the second uh, to the king, Mishnah Lamelech, whatever it's going to be called. And that was, a, that was meant to be a role filled by Yosef. He was the Mishnah Lamelech in Mitzrayim. He was the second to the king. Similarly, Mordechai, also in Yerachel was a Mishnah Lemelech, or Tachashverosh, who was the second to the king. And therefore, the Ramban says the same thing would have happened to Beishol, and that is, had they not done a virus, they wouldn't have been able to usurp the primary kingship from Yehuda, but they would have also been in the position of Mishnah Lemelech. It's interesting, Shaul's son, Yehuda's son, tremendous tzaddik, foresaw that David was going to be the king, and he offered to be his Mishnah Lemelech. Shaul, yeah. Yehuda's son, and Shaul's oldest son, thought he's going to be next in line to Shaul, and he realized that he's not going to be the primary king because David and Melech has been chosen. But he thought he would fill the role which the king of Yosef was meant to fill, or the king of Ben Rachel was meant to fill as the mission of Melech, which is what he wanted to be for David. Uh, it didn't happen because of whatever reason Hashem decided he was going to get killed. Was it to Ben Rachel? There's meant to be a Malchus from Leah and there's meant to be a Malchus from Rachel. Just like everything, if we think about it, it was split between Rachel and Yosef. There was a concept that the Nuvim from Rachel and the Nuvim from Yosef. Um, what's interesting even is Eliyahu and Navi. Um, there's an argument in the Gemara if he's a Ben Rachel or Ben Yosef. Uh, now, you're going to tell me that if Eliyahu is Pinchas, then he's definitely 
Ben Naya because Pinchas is from Shevet Levi. That's true. But on the other hand, uh, there's also there's also that Eliyahu was from other Shvatim. So it's not quite clear the parentage of Eliyahu and Avi. And yes, we're going to say that it's another uh, Shaila. He came from he, he came his ancestry was both from Rachel and from Ne. Okay, whatever it's going to be, that's a Mechlech Sintan Zeriyahu, if it's been Rachel or Ben Ne. But uh, that's one point. What do I mean by that? Just explain. It's the next expression. But it says that Elazar uh, Akoin took me B'nai's Putiel, Lareisha. Elazar was Pinchas' father. Elazar's wife was one of the daughters of Putiel. Who was Putiel? So Chazal say, is Bas Yisrael should be patin a garden of Eidazara, and Bas Yisrael should fit with Yisrael. Which means that Azakoin's wife was a daughter of Yisrael and Yosef, somehow they must have, whoever her parents were, one must have been from Yosef and one must have been from Yisrael. Which means Pinchas was a grandson of Yosef. He was a son of Elazar, and his father's son, and his mother's son, he was a grandson of Yosef. So you have a mixture in the lineage of Pinchas, which is in here. They have Kaychas of Rachel and of Leh. Okay, anyway, so we see that there's a miser of Malchus, or the, the house of Rachel, the house of Leh. And then again, the function of the king from Yehuda is going to be the primary king. And the function which was meant for the king from the house of Rachel was meant to be a secondary. The mission of the viceroy, the second in command. Now, when it comes to the Melech of Mashiach, we're also going to have these two positions. You're going to have the primary position, which is Mashiach ben David. And there's going to be a secondary position, which is Mashiach ben Yosef. Exactly the same thing. Right. Why do we need two positions? And then we can ask along across the board. Right. What is the what is the need, so to speak, to have two people on the top? So I've said this before, and I'll just repeat the point briefly. And that is, there's a very big difference between the concept of kingship from Yosef and the concept of kingship from Yehuda. And uh, you'll see this throughout the Torah and throughout Tanakh. I don't want to give all the examples now, but just the principle is like this: kings from Yosef were because they were greater than anybody else. In other words, if you're going to look at the pool of options in Kali Yisrael, the greatest individual chose to get to be the king. That was the concept of kings from Yosef. And every time the king was chosen from Yosef or from Benjamin, that was always the criteria. He was the greatest person. Right? So that's one level of that's one level of choosing a leader, and that is a leader who uh, is a head and shoulders above everybody else. And that that English expression head and shoulders actually comes from the from the pasuk talking about Shalomai. It says, From shoulder and up, he was higher than everybody else, both in his level and both in his physical size. So he was, uh, he was a, a choice for the king because he was bigger than everybody, not just physically, also and spiritually. Fine. Same thing, Yerav and Benavat, when he was chosen as a king before he went bad. But when he was chosen, it said, By themselves in the field. And on that, on that, Chazal uh, say, that everyone else in Klai Yisrael, in comparison to them, was like grass in the field. Which means, again, we're talking about somebody who's way above the level of everyone else. Okay, so that's the, those are the two examples of Malchus from Shevet Yosef, as opposed to Malchus from Shevet Yehuda. Even though Yehuda is the primary king, but when you look at the criteria to be a Melech of Yehuda, you'll see, again, across the board, it's exactly the opposite. A Melech from Yehuda is the one who least deserves to be the king. David a Melech was the cotton. David was the smallest of his brothers. 
David did not want to have him and he was going to be the king. When Shmuel came to the house of Yishai and said, I've come to choose one of your sons as the king, they didn't even bother to call David to the meeting. As only when Shmuel asked him, that's that, you have no more sons. Oh, yes, there's also David, he's somewhere with the sheep. And then he says, after he chose, was chosen to the king, Evan, Moasa, that the son, which all the, everyone despised, became the central star, the response was, yeah, it's in the close band, and it's unbelievable. We never have imagined such a thing possible. The male of the king of, of Beis Yehuda was always the person who deserved it the least. And I can give you other examples also across the board, but it's, that's always the, the factor which someone gets chosen as a king of Yehuda is not because he was necessarily greater than everybody else. That's exactly the opposite. It's because he held himself as being less than everyone else. So, let me change the point. Now, the... Therefore, and what's his mind in being a king? His mind in being a king is the fact that he attributes it to Hashem. Because this world is all from you because I didn't deserve it. And that's what David himself says when he's, when he's given the word that he is going to be the king and his children after his. He says, Hashem, mi anoichi o mi beisovi ki avisani adalag. What am I and what's my family that you brought me to this? The, the understanding that David had of himself was just completely undeserving. And therefore, it's all Me'es Hashem It's a different concept of kingship. Whereas the kingship of Yosef reflects, regardless of the person who's chosen as a leader because he's on the level to be the leader, the kingship of David reflects the Ish'oni. Like in Sheikh ibn David is called the Ish'oni Recha Velachamah. Reflects the person who doesn't have, and therefore he's, uh, anything he got was only because it was given to him. For those of us who a little bit understand the concept of Kabbalah, that's why Malchus Pez Yosef is always compared to the Yosef. Which is the Tariq Yisoyed Olam. It's the Tariq whose foundation he deserves it. And Malchus Mazdov is compared to the middle of Samalchus, which is always the middle which is nothing of its own. But less than the guy Okay. Uh, this is a side point. As I said, it's, it's a Chiddush, but it's true. And that is the starts from Rachel and Leah themselves. If you think about it, when it says that Lavin had two daughters and Rifka had two sons, and everybody said the Gdaila, the Gadol, and the Tan, the Kadla, which means. Rachel deserved to be for Yaakov. She was meant for that. Leah did not deserve to be for Yaakov. It was only because of the fact that she didn't, she didn't think she deserved that she cried so much and David that she was given to him. So Leah is the mother of David, is the mother of Yehuda. It's the same method. It's not nat- nat- naturally you have to get. You have to dive in and you have to make it deserve like something which you don't feel you deserve. Whereas Rachel is the thing of Benjamin, as the, the mother of Benjamin and Yosef, that was killed naturally given to her. Within the society, right, there will always be people who, let's say, the, the society chooses as its leaders. We, the people, decide to choose our leaders. We want to look at someone, especially if you're talking about our leaders, right, someone who, or as a king, we're going to appoint somebody who we think is better than us, greater than us, is able to lead us. That's from the point of view of the, the people choosing their own leadership. Right, that's what we're going to do, which is what they wanted to do in the time of Shaul. The Kaisha wanted to choose their own leader, I guess, or choose the person from the midst of Kaisha who's the most fitting to be the king. That's the leader from the Beis That's the concept of a leader from Beis Yosef. Um, similarly, uh, even though it was obviously predicted in Nebuah, but in, on the time of Rechavim ben Shlomo, when Kaisal wanted to rebel and make uh, their own kingdom, so again, they're going to choose their own leader. They'll choose the candidate who's the most fit for them. That was Yerav ben Nebuah. So that the leadership here, I'm not saying that the lead, David wasn't on the Tzadik. I'm saying no one saw him as a leader. On the contrary, they saw him as not a leader, and it was only because Hashem chose him that they accepted him. Right, whereas when it comes to leaders of Yosef, so then people choose him as the natural leader. Again, I'm not saying David's on the kings of the world weren't I'm saying it wasn't someone which everybody in the outside recognized and would have chosen him as the leader. 
They were only chosen because Hashem made them leaders. We said this before once. When HaKadosh Baruch chooses someone to do a tapkir, it's because he's, he's prepared that person for this job. So when Hashem prepared David to be the king, he gave him the, 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 the Nisham we spoke about last time, the function of Shemani, he's going to be Melech Israel. And he's the most, he's the most uh, roy to do that job. So Hashem chose him. Does that mean that naturally he was the biggest Talmud uh, Chacham? No, David himself says. He, he himself mentions three people in his diary who he learned from who were bigger than him. He mentions uh, Ira Ha'iri, he mentions Achitofel, and he mentions the Pibosh's Ben Shah, Ben Yonison. Right? He learned from all of them, he calls him his rebel. Right? He wasn't the biggest Talmud Chacham of the dog. The Pibosh's. Right, same thing in Tilkus. It, it says that, uh, it says that Shaul himself is the biggest Talmud Chacham of was. But uh, the Nukur is something else. Vavale David was the Tzadik. Vavale David, Hashem chose the king not because for nothing. But it wasn't Klai Yisrael's choice. It was Hashem's choice which Klai Yisrael accepted. There's a big difference. I'm not sure you're confused. No, no one's saying David wasn't the Tzadik or any other king from base David wasn't the Tzadik. For sure they were. If we had to mention Tzadikia Adar, I'm sure David would have been among them. There's no question. No one's Hashem saying that like that. What I'm saying is that it wasn't the choice of Klai Yisrael who recognized him for that beforehand, it was the choice of Hashem. Now, when Hashem chooses someone to be a Melech, Hashem gives him the Koichus to do the job. And like the Apostle says, not just by David, but every Melech, or every Shaifet, that by Yamada is a Ruach Hashem. When, once a person was chosen for the position, Hashem gave him the Koich, and the spirit of or the Ruach HaKodesh, or the Nubu, whatever other attribute it needed to be in order to fulfill that function, in order to be that person. Right? So, David's impact on Kai Israel was one of the most major impacts anybody had on Kai Israel because of what he did, what he did is to set up the Malchus Press. Not, not different to Aaron's impact on the setting up the Kohen. Okay. Does that mean that there weren't other Tzadikim or Tomei Chachom in the dark? No, they were. But uh, that's not the point. The point, the Ica point is that Malchus Press David is an appointment for Mashiach. As opposed to, and the way that a person deserves. Not a person, but a word someone who made it deserves that is by the fact that he feels that he doesn't have midilah, he doesn't have his own, Hashem is to choose him. Mashiach and Malchus Pes Yosef comes from the point of Klai Yisrael would choose their own leaders. Mitzah Klai Yisrael, they look after him and respect him as greater, and therefore if they had to choose their own leaders, so he made it, that would be that would, that would be their choice. And this is the meant to be, again, it's never yet happened, but the Navi tells us to ask the HaKadosh Baruch will take two sticks, Navi Cheska. One will be Shevet Yehuda, and one will be Shevet Yosef, and he'll put them together. For Karavti, they'll share it to do both of them together, which means that the, sh- the stick is always the sign of rulership. It's the, mo- the Shevet of the Moshe, it's the stick, the ruler, the ruler has a stick to show that he's in charge. And there'll be the stick of Yehuda, there'll be the stick of Yosef, which means there'll be the two forms of leadership which Hashem will bring together. And if you have to explain it, like we said, it means that the, the king, so to speak, will be from, from Yehuda, from Ben David, but it will also be the ruler from Ben Yosef, the second in command, the mission of the Melech. And we have to explain how you put the two things together. It's Pasha. The one is Hashem's appointed leader, and the other one is Kaisra's appointed leader. And they work together. Mitzan Kakadosh Baruch, who he says, Malchus Ben David, who we, Kaisra, respect as somebody that, as a leader, as someone that we see as much greater than us, that's, that's the concept of Malchus Ben Yosef. Now, the problem is the two came into conflict with each other. Shal fought with David and Yeravim fought with Merachavim and wherever else it was, uh, the two came and Yehuda fought with Yosef. But uh, they came to conflict. But they said, David, they won't be in conflict. They'll uh, have their roles and they'll both fulfill the roles they're meant to have. This is the idea of the Mashiach bin David, Mashiach bin Yosef also. And this is why Mashiach bin Yosef is in danger. We said last time 
We said last time that Mashiach brings with it a big danger. And that is, people tend to trust the Mashiach instead of trusting him. And uh, therefore, if Klai Yisrael have chosen their leader, as we in whatever matter we're going to be, when it happens, this is the God, this is the person we rely on, this is the Tzadik Adar who's going to make Nisim, who's going to direct us to the Yeshua, that's what puts Mashiach in danger. Because what puts him in danger is the fact that Klai Yisrael around him too strongly. And just like we saw by Mashiach and David, right, that there has to be a period where people lose their trust in him, and uh, like there was a Moshe Rabbeinu, right? So that's where people the trust goes back to Hashem. That has to happen to Mashiach ben Yosef also, which means, yeah, Hakadosh Baruch Hu will appoint Mashiach ben David, and that will be a gedim in Hashemite. But, but throughout the Doris, Klaus have always had the leaders that they find for themselves. When we looked to Chavetz Chaim in his time, or Chazanish in his time, or Moshe Feinstein in his time, or Whatever the door of God was going to be, whether to guide us or to give us psaq or to direct lies or whatever, make decisions for us, it wasn't because it was a Simon Hashemayim that no, he, this is the person. It was because Kaisal recognized their own leaders. Kaisal recognized that we recognize who to respect as a God of as a God of because we are someone who, who has, who is able to give us the, the direction which is what Hashem wants us to do. That's all, all that is the concept of Malchus Bez Yosef. I'm not saying they were from Yosef, that's not the point. I'm saying it's the concept. The concept of Malchus Bez Yosef is the concept of Kaisal for choosing its own leaders who will follow. The concept of Malchus Bez Tovah is Malchus Baruch who chooses the leader and brings him to us, this is the leader. Now we haven't had it for a long time. And until Mashiach when David comes, you're not going to have it because he's not a verse. So Hashem doesn't, so to speak, reveal leaders to us. Israel have the, have the ability, so to speak, to recognize their own greatest and follow them. That's Mashiach ben Yosef. And therefore, in the Dharma Mashiach comes, there will have to be Mashiach ben Yosef, and he'll be here first. Because in every Dharma is like that. Israel has their leaders who they're looking up to, and, who, and therefore, in whatever sorrow it's going to be, or whether it's Gogol Magog, whether it's any of the other things we're still talking about, what might happen before Mashiach comes, there will be the leader who Israel will respect, will be the God of that Dharma. Alright, and that's the case, that, that's the concept of Mashiach ben Yosef. Now, like I said, the, the danger that he faces is the fact that people are around him. It's the fact that people are around him because, as I said previously, the Ica point which we need for Mashiach is the Munah. And the Munah means relying on Hashem. And anything else which is there to around will be taken away because that interferes with the ability to rely on Hashem. And therefore, will, will you get killed? Or will there be a danger of being killed? Or uh, that's also that would also do the job. I mean, it shouldn't happen. Whoever Mashiach ben Yosef is going to be, if he gets killed, then we've lost it. If there's a danger of getting killed, then at least it helps to show that we can't rely on him. Right? If a person can't protect himself, he's in, he himself is a Sakhonist can't rely on him to protect them. But it has to get to that stage. It has to get to that stage because the point of it is the same point, and that is that there shouldn't be that reliance on a person. Okay, so that's the concept of the two Mashiachs. Mashiach ben Yosef is the the Gemara inside of the end of it talks about the events before Mashiach comes, and basically it talks about uh, three levels of, of things going wrong. Number one is natural, uh, natural occurrences which are going to happen, which is going to change or be food or whatever it is, and people wander around without homes, and uh, there are also various fazas which talk about earthquakes or floods, and who knows what before Mashiach is coming. I'm just saying parenthetically that it's pretty amazing. I'm sure most people don't follow the news, I also don't. But someone just pointed out to me last night that in the last week there have been floods in Kemet, in like all over the like, planet. But like, that I've never seen before. 
in Australia and in Mexico and in Turkey and in Finland and in Germany and in Nepal and in India and in Bangladesh. It's like, I don't know, I'm not following the news, but just apparently it's like unprecedented flooding all, all over the world. Now, um, I'm not, again, I'm not a prediction. I won't predict the future, but that is one of the Simone brought in Chazal. Just like in the Dar of Enosh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu flooded a third of the world. So it's also one of the Simone which could take, could take place of Hamashiach comes, and that is going to flood the world again. What's the point of that? What's the point of it? So again, what we spoke, spoke about. So natural disasters, what's the, what's, the, what's the reason for it? So there's two reasons. There's two reasons. Number one is it's a repetition of what Hashem did in Mitzrayim. Which means it brings people to have to realize that the world isn't in our control. Just like the Nisra of Mitzrayim, where in the context of things which was tethered, to put nature gone crazy, they're not doing things as normally does, and people realize, Kiani Hashem. So the Chesed of Rome, of Rome and Zulai, right? It's the same, it'll be also those kind of Nisra before Mashiach comes for the same reason. For the same reason. I mean, the tether will change, and people will realize that this is not the way the world's meant to run. Something, something is happening. There's someone running the world. Agav, that's not always a sign of Gola. It's also a, a pre, sometimes a precursor to punishment. The Chazal said before the Mabu that uh, similarly things happened, the, the natural order got changed around because Hashem was also trying to show people things that aren't going to be the same anymore. Okay, so that's the one, the one thing which will change. The second thing which will change is on a national level. It says, <coughs> And the base value and the base loss, and uh, basically the, the the system of leadership or rulership in the world will, will change also dramatically. We'll explain this in a moment why it's like that. And uh, the last thing which changes is on the family level. Everyone's fighting with everybody. Why is that a, a necessary thing or a precursor to mission? I want to talk now about the second level, and that is, why does it have to be that the, the Malchus, as we know, it falls apart? So there's a Yisait here, which uh, something to understand, and that is like this. If we're going to talk about, we spoke about many times, the concepts of good and bad in the world. So we could really break the world into three categories. We could break the world into the category number one, which is the side of faith, the side of Kedusha, the side of what HaKadosh Baruch wants, and then the people who follow what Hashem wants. We have a side of Tzoma, or who coming to fight what Hashem wants, who coming to destroy what Hashem wants, who coming to fight Klai Yisrael. We put that on the side number two. We call them the Sotan, or any other name you want to give them. Then there are a lot of people in the middle who have no affiliation either way. They're just there. They have Sarim, Hashem set up a system for them, they have the Sarim looks after them, and uh, they're undefined. I mean, a lot of the, for most of the history of mankind, most of the countries of the Far East or of Africa or of South America didn't play much role in the in the struggle in the world. They, they were non non aligned. They were non. They didn't have anything to do with it, right? Now, the Gemara says that Dosh ben David by and the Amvoshim will say that there are means everyone has to be a tzaddik, everyone has to be a rasha, and that's not a possibility because you can't have a matter where everyone's a rasha. It's impossible. And similarly, the possibility of everyone being a tzaddik would be nice, but it's, it doesn't sign up from Kazal that's going to happen. 
And therefore, the way that the uh, will explain it is it's not either or, it's both. Which means the dome from a sheikh comes will be a polarization. Everyone will be either Kulayi Sadiq or Kulayi Russian. There'll be one extreme or the other. The middle, the middle ground will fall away. There won't be people who neither here nor there. There's going to be a much stronger polarization. There'll be people who are Tzadikim and people who are Rishwai. And why is it like that? So the Makubalim is like this. And that is, the Sultan has a certain amount of Qaf. The Sultan has a certain amount of Qaf. Now, Bamas, his primary target is Qaisra. But the Qaf is all the going in the world. It doesn't really interest him too much. He's not going to gain too much from that. But, like any time, when a person feels he's losing power, that's, then he's desperate to, to exercise as much as he can to hold, to grab onto it. Right? And the, the same is going to happen for a sudden. Whenever he feels that he's starting to lose his hold, so he's, not, he's going to grab whatever he can. And therefore he's going to try and take, if he can't take more from us, he'll take everything else he can, because it gives us more of a base, so to speak, to, to establish his kind And that's why the concept is going to be that more and more, the world will polarize between good and bad. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to polarize equally. It could be if it was beforehand, just to make up the numbers. 10% to Bikim, 10% to Shoyim, and 80% unaffiliated. It could be the polarization is going to be 10% to Bikim and 90% to Shoyim. It doesn't make a difference. The point is that it's going to go in two, two tracks. For Kedusha and anti-Kedusha. For and against. And therefore, the, the system which ran the world is going to have to change. Because there's going to have to be much more of a globalization of power. Because until then, every private like, you know, tribe or family or whatever they were doing they ruled themselves. They had no shaykhs to the world, uh, of uh, the balance of the world. They still have no shaykhs to it. And if that's the case, so they're going to have to be brought into one camp. It's going to have to be a much more, like I said, centralization of global power, which is going to make, a, make determine where everyone's going to be. Which is the Kayak of the Ra. Which is the Kayak of the Ra. Yes. And we uh, made that's going to serve That's also part of what we saw before that the war going, which is the next is for Kala Omri. Everyone gets involved in it. And that is again, normally most countries aren't necessarily antagonistic to each other. They have nothing to do with it. Right? Most wars were fought in the course of history in a certain sphere of the world. The rest of the world wasn't, didn't even know and didn't care. Right? The idea of everybody coming together is only because there's a central authority which can bring everyone together. Just to give examples. Right, in the First or in the Second World War. Right, a lot of the countries that came to fight weren't because they had any particular issue with the country they were fighting against. But they were bound by global alliances and agreements and uh, commonwealths or whatever it's going to be, which dragged them into the war. Right, so, and that's why which means the center of power in one place influences a whole lot of other countries and regions as well. Right, whereas if everybody's independent and their own thing, they wouldn't have anything to do with each other. That's not the Nakuda. Okay, so here we see the same concept happening from a Sheikh comes. That will be the globalization of Kayak. And that is because that's going to much more sharpen the difference the two camps of Tobin Ra. Now, the Vilnagon talks about this. And the Vilnagon talks about Asid Lava, he says that all the, you know, the 70 nations of the world. The Vilnagon says in the future, the nations of the world will all fall under the sphere of Adam and Yishma. He said he works the Cheshpanat, the 35 almost will be taken over by Adam, 35 almost will be taken over by Yishma. So which means that's the whole world. As opposed to having Adam which chooses one nation, Yishma which chooses one nation, and another 68 others, that the Quran says, Allah said, everything is going to be under the influence of what, that they're going to be, the only those two. And all other nations will either be allied or subjugated by Adam, or allied or subjugated by Yishma. Everything falls into those two camps. Um, 
where he shows us in the Pesukim is very interesting. We know that on the Pesukas, we bring 70 parim, negative 70 almost. Right? But also on Pesukas, every day of Yom Tov Pesukas, they brought a sar as a chatas. If you look at the Torah, it sounds as a sar as a chatas, it sounds as a sar is in the chatas. So the God makes a cheshpah. He says you count the days, the, the bulls of the days that says a sar, and you count the bulls of the days that says a sar is him, and both of them come to 35. Out of 70, which you're starting with, because we have 70 parim, because almost, that if you take the numbers which we have, where the Torah says sar is him, you can't count those days, the how many parim there are, it comes to 35. You take the times which is sar without the sar is him, you count the numbers also come to 35. And the God says to me, it's lasted love, the 70 nations are going to be mischalic into the sar and the sar is him. The sar and the sar is him, one's a reference to Ishmael, and one's a reference to Esau. Now, the, neither of them are big tzaddikim. Right? It's just two different parts of the Yetzirah I'm working. And therefore it's polarization. Yeah, but every, the, instead of having lots of almost which are all independent, there's a polarization. They're all going to go to either Esau's camp or Yishmael's camp. Like we said before, it could be, the other portion of it, that's going to be the two sides of each other going to go It could be. Melech Paris and Melech Right? But it won't just be them. The whole world comes on board because there will be this concept that either everyone is going to be either inside of Thob or inside of Rat. It's going to be the, the determination for Mashiach. It could be the same thing will happen within Klai Yisrael also. And that is that uh, something in Klai Yisrael will have to be at the same, to an extent, that same polarization of who's a tzaddik and who's not a tzaddik. And this is the most success. The Shavtim or Isim, Bein Tzaddik L'Rosham. It'll be a distinction. There's two camps. Tzaddik and Rosham. Ovedilakim and Loyavodim. And there'll be that the same Mahalach to separate them from Mashiach camps. The last point today. We finished talking about the matter before Mashiach camps. Mashiach and Yosef comes first. That Kaishal choose. He'll have to be the one to, to deal with leading Kaishal through the period of time, which is the time before Mashiach comes. At the later stage, Hashem says Mashiach will die. But remember, that's an appointment by Hashem when Kaishal already comes. So Mashiach and Yosef will be doing the job before he comes. Right? And later stage, Mashiach and Yosef will come. What will happen to Mashiach and Yosef? We already said it's in the He'll definitely be in danger. Whether he'll will get killed or won't get killed, it seems to be Machlekes and Chazals, but he'll definitely be in danger of getting killed, and the point will be explained. And then we said, but that's besides for that, the surrounding background which the world needs to bring Mashiach is a change in the natural order, like we spoke about, uh, a, a polarization or a globalization of the two forces in the world, well, the markets will change. And lastly, this is the interesting point, why do they have to have that there's so much family fighting? Over each ancient base, like we said, everyone's fighting with the mother, mother, you know, this one, that one. Why? Well, why, why is that a necessary factor? What's it going to do with Mashiach before? Um, okay, so there's two ways to explain. There's a simple way. And there's a, there's a deeper thing, a deeper thing could be here also. And that is like this. The simple way, which much as the chat, uh, I heard once from Hashayid, and that is, it's a, it's a reflection of the tension of the times. Right? When a person is much more stressed, much more tense, much more scared, whatever it is, then naturally, they, it, it's got, it causes a breakdown in the family relationships also. Then it's calm, they're like willing to help other people, whatever it is. So it's not the tetzah, it's just a reflection of the materials of the time. I don't know if that's a trap. It could be, yes. And that's the case. Again, it could be something we're starting to see. Maybe. I don't know. But there's another video also. It could, be, it could be explained more simply, but it's another side also. And that is why, why was that a, also a factor before Mashiach comes? 
And this is a continuation of what we said before. And that is Kiyadur. Like we said, when the Satan feels he's losing something, he has to try extra strongly. And uh, Chavetz Chaim says, what put us into Goddess in the first place was Sena Sena. And uh, therefore, if uh, the Satan feels he's losing his hold over us, which has happened so long, what he's going to do is he's going to try and make more fights. And uh, the way better to start than people who naturally should get on with each other, families who should love each other, and after that, he's going to try and start making conflict because that increases the, the, the load of the sinners film in the world. Stuff like that, that gives him power. And therefore, just like he's going to, like we said, his, in his last dying breaths, if you want to call it that, he's going to try and grab as much as he can to give him more kayak, he's also going to try and affect us. And the way he's going to do that is a the thing which which he knows he has a, he, he was matzliach with us, with us about, which was the sinners and then he's going to try cause again. And therefore, if there are more nishyonis in that field, and it's harder for people to get on with their family, and there's more causes for fights, don't for Mashiach, it's not going to be stam like that. It's the Maishasatim. That's what he's trying to achieve. That's what he's trying to achieve. If he has to try his best to hold on to what he can, that's what he's going to try and do to, to pull down Kalei This is the point which we're going to finish with. We'll talk about it next time, as Hashem kills the Satan, will be the next slide, Hashem next week. But the last one we'll finish with is that's exactly the point. And that is, Mashiach doesn't come just like, like because it's, uh, there's a certain time when Hashem brings Mashiach. Mashiach means the destruction of Ra. Like we're going to talk about. Uh, and that's why it makes it different to every other Gola. Every other Gola, there, there was a specific victory. Of a Paray, or of a Haman, or whatever it was. It was like we won one point. We were saved from one particular enemy. There was a certain level of Gola. On the global scene, we didn't get very far because we were still in the maximum of the world as the way it is. Nothing changed dramatically. Kaisal was saved, which is certainly quite possible. The concept of the Asset Lava is that it's going to change the whole world. And that's the point we're going to explain next time. It's not just that Kaisal will be saved and the things will carry on like normal. On the contrary, the Gaudi Asset Lava means the, the way the world's going to change. And if that's the case, the Sultan has much more to lose everything about him now, we didn't, which he didn't have before. He lost Haman. If you follow the order of Tanakh, the Sefer which comes after him goes as the Sefer Ezra. Right? Then you see the Sefer Ezra. Most of the folks will be Mechal Shabbos. A lot of them have married out. A lot of them were keeping other, doing other things wrong. So the Sultan didn't lose. He lost Haman. He lost one, one soldier he sent. But on the whole, he was still there. And pretty powerfully as well. It's happening in other times. We might have been matzliach on a certain point, but the Sultan didn't lose, he's still there. He, 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 he lost an encounter. What makes the, the Asid Lave much more powerful is that when, when the Mashiach comes, it means the Sultan loses altogether. And that's why the, we're going to talk about what the factors on, which bring Mashiach are Dafka parts in the major campaign which will destroy the Sultan. But he's going to try, he's going to fight much harder. And so Dafka here, you're going to see more and more things that he's going to do to try and Adam, Mechazek himself more, Adam, get more quiet, Adam, be more destructive, because this is not just the fighting for a specific skirmish, this is fighting for existence. Okay.